No, I'm officially recording. Guess what, you guys? <gasps> what? This episode of Turning This Car Around is brought to you by Tales Untold. Ooh. Tales Untold is an app featuring original episodic audio stories for young kids, like John Moltz. It's perfect for the car, airplane, bedtime, or any time your kids crave some brain-stimulating entertainment, or you crave a little peace and quiet. Tales Untold is storytelling that won't have you covering your ears or your kids staring at a screen. Here's what you're going to do. Go to talesuntold.com slash TTCA and check out some of the tales for free. One more time, talesuntold.com slash TTCA. I did check them out after we talked about, the, actually before we talked about it on the last show. And uh, it's very cool. My kids are a big fan. All three kids actually are a pretty big fans. So check them out, talesuntold.com slash TTCA. Uh, I'm John Moltz and I am not a tale untold. I'm Lex Friedman. I'm in between. I'm John Armstrong. I'm told way too much. Welcome to turning this car around. Wow. What are we turning around you, again? What? I don't even know. Look, look, did you look. swallow something there? Yeah, turning I did. There's like a, three frogs. Around. <laughs> um, you know Magnolia, the end of the movie, when the frogs fall? Spoiler alert. Um, from a 17-year-old movie. Um that's what's happening in my podcasting closet right now. Which one was There's Magnolia? Uh, I, Tom Cruise yeah. and Cameron Diaz. Uh, no. No, uh, that's Vanilla Sky. That's a Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> film uh, set in Los Angeles. Uh, John C. Riley. Um, Tom Cruise is in it. Uh, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. Um, I think I did not see that one. It's like eight hours long, but it's really good good but uh, there's a scene <laughs> with frogs eight hour movie mm. no it's like three hours it's long okay two and a half i don't know it's a long movie <laughs> I can, can i hear two can mm, i hear two no it's over the, it's over that <laughs> it's, it's it's closer to three oh, anyway wait. there's this neil flynn is in that right. movie and oh. neil flynn is one of my favorites do you know why neil flynn is one of my favorites nope. <sighs> so neil flynn was the janitor on scrubs mm. were either of you guys scrubs fans oh, i've seen a few of them so yeah, the first few. season of scrubs i know who the janitor early on, is their thought was that the janitor might just be a figment of uh, right. imagination yeah. and he didn't talk to anybody else. And eventually they got over that. But in one season, uh, JD Zach Raff is watching the fugitive and Neil Flynn is a minor character in the fugitive <laughs> and he sees him. He's like, Oh my God. And from that point on, and he goes to the janitor. He's like, I saw you in the fugitive. The janitor's like, I know nothing of what you're talking about. And, but from that point on, you realize that the janitor was actually Neil Flynn. Like he was. Ah, the actor Neil Flynn. nice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love that's that delightful. stuff. That's so delightful. So anyway, that's why I like it's, Magnolia. It's uh, very strange. It kind of um, messes with all kinds of con- continuity. continuity problems. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the nerds, I'm sure, are going crazy. Oh, dude, I lost my mind on the West Wing when Matthew Perry joined the cast because they had talked about Matthew Perry. He had been at a West Wing party, not seen on screen, but like, they said, oh, I'm going to go say hi to Matthew Perry. And then there he is as a character on the show. Come on. Now. Get your shit together, Sorkin. Have you guys seen The Martian yet? Yes. No. Yes. I'm seeing it yes. this weekend. Well, there's, yes. a, there's, just, there's a scene where they talk about the Lord of the Rings and Sean Bean is in the room. And um, it's which I which I, they don't make a big deal out of, but I kind of wish they had. <laughs> that was I. I laughed so hard, and there was there's like three of us in the audience that saw that and got it. <laughs> it was really funny. And then there's the funny, like the the Kristen Wiig line also was good, like about nerds. Oh what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Awesome. It's a good movie. All right, it is. Uh, did you guys see it in 3D or 2D? 3D. I'm not sure it was worth it. I didn't. I didn't get a sense. Oh really? Okay. Uh, yeah. We uh, talked about going in 3D. We went to 2D instead because um, supposedly 
the people on NPR were raving about the 3D because yeah, it that's made what you I heard that like the 3D was amazing. Mars. But if Armstrong says it's not good, that yeah. gives us a lot more showtime right. for Saturday night. That's well, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, if that's your only option, do it. But I would just don't get your hopes up for a, a 3D experience that is going to blow your mind. To me, the best 3D so far ever uh, was the Tom Cruise Emily Blunt Magnolia uh, Die Another Day whatever the edge of tomorrow that was the dumb title this should have, it should have been called die another day or whatever oh, it was, but that was really that was a that was good yeah. in 3d it was awesome in 3d because he would do these tracking shots uh director doug lyman um big fan uh he does these tracking shots <laughs> Call me. and the way he had Long set up the the mise-en-scene is that a uh, fancy pants <laughs> liberal education word yeah uh, is that you go ahead caller Mm -hmm. Oh, the Mizen mm -hmm. scene. <laughs> There'd be like a foreground, uh, out of focus, you know, like either character or like a sh over the shoulder shot or whatever. And then the camera would track and the room, like you got a sense of depth from just a very subtle tracking shot. Like maybe, maybe the camera's moving like a foot total, but because of the way the lens was and the angles, it was really smartly done. The 3D was very well done. And uh, you, when you were in a room, like, and the thing was, is it wasn't always for the big action sequence. It was, it, it was like just the normal, you know, hmm. we're in an office talking, but well, it was really subtle and awesome. Unfortunately, this does me no good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They don't yeah, do like, I'm never, I'm not going to have a chance to see that movie in 3D ever. But uh, I, I liked gravity in 3D. That was the one that uh, uh, did yeah, well I could see that would be good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. That's I just in general, I, I mean, I've had this conversation like on 20 different podcasts, I think, but I don't like 3D. I feel like it's a gimmick, and every time I go in, I regret having paid extra for it. Yeah. I can hear that. Yeah. I, I think there was something I went with the kids. We saw something that was, I took Lita to something 3D, and she liked it. Um, the 3D was kind of a disappointment in um, uh, uh, that movie with the Pixar and the feelings and the emotions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Inside Out? Inside Out. That was, you Inside saw that in 3D? We did. I can't see that being in a... I, I don't know. See, I always think, figure if it's a computer-generated movie, then they're not doing the 3Ds and after. Like, right. They can do it from right. the ground up. Right. It's like, hey, this will be really good, but no. Wait, did we wasn't. see that? <laughs> did we see that in 3D? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it sounds like it really it needs to be directed for that particular and artifact, right? And from the inside information that I have um, uh, from... My girlfriend's friends with Doug Lyman, or they are acquaintances or whatever, and she got to go to the premiere and, and oh, he talks about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, really. And he yeah, talked right. about he talked <laughs> about that when he was you know setting up shots that 3D was in mind because the studio really wanted 3D, and so he planned that into his pre-visiting pre and um, when he did the actual shooting, all of his mise en scening, mm -hmm. like all of that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the mising, the awning, the scening, yeah. So, so this is, uh, this is edge, the edge of tomorrow is the one edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Not, I think it's not, I think in, it's not in theaters. No, no, no it's been yeah. a while. Um, yeah. but I, I, I think that's a definitely watch on Netflix. Definitely, you know, stream it. It's a good, awesome. it's a good movie. I've seen, I've yeah. seen it, but it, I mean, look, like, Emily Blunt repeatedly screen. doing, you know, like the yoga pose, the little push up thing. Okay. Oh, we God. can just go uh, back I, and we cannot have another one. episode of, of John Armstrong gets erections. <laughs> like that's I, all I'm saying is, is if you're a fan of Emily Blunt, I thought every like episode movie. was like, was that? Yeah. I mean, isn't that what this whole thing is? Basically it's, just, it's happening, whether we talk about it or not. Right. <laughs> Welcome to dad. Well, yeah. That's, 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 why, that's why his mic's coming in hot. 
Yeah. <laughs> before, you know it. Well, that, that should get further away from it. Anyway, so um, before we started recording, John Moltz had a great topic suggestion mm. and it actually is about fatherhood and parenting so before like now that we've gotten our prelude our throat clearing <coughs> out of the way our mise-en-scene mm-hmm. our mise-en-scene before we switch to talking about dad stuff i have somebody i want to tell you all about uh sleep number is the company <coughs> get ready so um i have a sleep number bed they put it in my house it's amazing uh i am now i have upped just last night i upped my sleep number one more time and i think i feel like this is it now uh 85 i've been having really really good sleep and i noticed that as because you know the the sleep number beds connect to the sleep number sleep iq app on your iphone so the bed is automatically tracking your sleep which is awesome and lauren and i keep competing over who's sleeping better but i noticed that you know as i was changing my number my sleep was very decidedly getting better and better more more time of more solid sleep so i was like I'm going to go, I'm going to go to 85 from 80. And I did it. And last night I had seven hours and two minutes of uninterrupted sleep, restful sleep. So I'm pretty proud. So the sleep number bed, you can adjust your mattress and your, I mean, it's one giant mattress if you have a king size bed or a queen size bed, whatever, but you can adjust your side and your partner's side separately. So Lauren's still like at 45 mm. and I'm at 85 Wow, and it's it's super comfortable we're both sleeping great um you know you go to the stores because they've got stores all around the country you try out a bed they calculate your sleep number for you and they get you all set up they delivered it to the house they put it on my wi-fi they did all that stuff too so i'm a fan it's the only bed that lets you track and optimize your sleep with sleep iq technology the dual air technology lets you track how you're sleeping thanks to the sensors inside you can make changes like adjusting your sleep number setting or daily routine for your best possible sleep and it's not it could not be any easier to use there's nothing to wear nothing to turn on all you have to do is sleep and i'm pretty good at that so my sleep number setting is 85 i'm supposed to tell you what my sleep iq score was last night hang on i just had it open and i closed it <laughs> i just, i care most the thing i want to know most of all is you know how, did i sleep for more straight hours than my wife and the answer last night was once again yes she wins about one third of the time but my sleep IQ score last night was 85, which is pretty freaking good. Uh, my average heart rate was 59 beats per minute, and I did 15 breaths per minute. So now you know. No better sleep. Come in and discover the Sleep Number Bed with Sleep IQ technology starting at only $1,099.98. Sleep Number Beds and Sleep IQ technology are only available at any of the 475 Sleep Number stores nationwide. Find one near you at sleepnumber.com and be sure to tell them that Lex from Turning This Car Around sent you. I did have somebody tweet at me, hey, I told them Lex from Turning This Car Around sent me. And the guy was like, huh but it's still good that he told them and uh most of them should know like they do they the, the stores know now that you're going to tell them but so go in and do it let them know i sent you and uh they're going to take good care of you and the beds they really are pretty great so thanks Man. to sleep number for hooking us up 45 seems like she's just like sleeping in a v oh yeah it's, like, it's a, we got the pillow top <laughs> one too so it's like it really is i cannot like, imagine sleeping with it's yeah, she loves it. It's it's basically, you know, like you sometimes you sit on a sofa and it's like, hey, this is a really firm supportive sofa. And sometimes it's like, wow, you just really sink into this thing. She likes to really sink into this yeah, right. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I can't. So, Moltz, yeah. set, set, set our stage. You had this great idea. I, well, I had an idea. Let's just, let's not, let's not <laughs> oversell it. Um, mm-hmm. To talk about uh, other dads. Because mm. growing up, there were a couple of dads that were kind of legendary. And I can only remember a few stories of them, but they were they were like larger than life image dads. And uh, the, we're not talking view. like Vince Lombardi. These are dads. No, you knew. no, these are just like yeah, dads. You know, friends of the family kind gotcha. of dads. Yeah. 
and um, and then maybe you know also talk about terrible dads <laughs> that, we, <laughs> that we might have known. I, I actually don't have anybody in mind for that one, but um, I do uh, I do have a couple people who I remember from childhood, or at least particular stories of other dads from childhood. And it doesn't have to be from, you know, from childhood necessarily, but that was, that's just what came to mind. I remember always thinking that my parents were the strictest. And so when I would go to somebody else's house and observe their dads, I was like, man, these people are so lax or permissive or whatever. And so that was my kind of analysis <laughs> that like every dad was the easy going, lax, easy going dad in the world, mm-hmm. except my closest friend for years was this guy named Jeff, uh, who was of Asian ancestry. Uh, his parents were Chinese and they were first generation in the U S. Um, and his dad was super strict also. <laughs> um, <laughs> and his dad really never learned English. So Jeff would always be translating for me. Um, and it was always like, uh, he says we're being too loud. Uh, he says we're being too crazy. He says we should just go outside because he can't take any more of this. Uh, that's awesome. He says he regretted having children in the first place. <laughs> yeah. You're not he my says real he's children. Not his. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's what I remember. He says he's arming the device. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Okay. So well, speaking of, speaking of strict. So the, one of the stories is, um, as <laughs> a family like when we when we were quite young um so this was the house that we moved in, we were living in before we moved into the house that my parents just moved out of so up until the time i was like four uh we lived in this neighborhood with a bunch of other people who um my brothers really remember from their childhood and i don't remember very well but i i remember these people enough and <laughs> the father so my brothers used to ride around in the car in, the, in their car with them to go to things and so he would he would be driving and he, the two things he had like two things that he would do the first thing was he would um he would be driving down the road this is the kind of thing that you just like i don't think there's many dads who would do this today and if you can imagine this imagine you know this is like this is the 60s and there are no seat belts and the cars are complete they're just giant metal death traps mm-hmm. and you know everyone's sliding around on a bench mm-hmm. seat in the back mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. sitting up on their knees in the front and he would just he would lean you know but in this situation the kids are in the back so he would lean over put his arm you know like across the back at the bench the front bench seat and turn around and look as he was driving and, and like comically say now, Ricky, I don't want you to try and distract me while I'm driving. Driving is a very important task. And he, meanwhile, he would be swerving back and forth across the road deliberately. <laughs> and, you know, uh-huh. and of course, the kids would think that was hysterical. This is oh, the best yeah, thing ever. Killed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was one thing. And then the other thing that he would do, and I think this is just because he was a he was a jokester. Um, he would if like you were eating an apple in the car, um, he he insisted that you eat the entire apple. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like okay if you're gonna eat that in the car you gotta eat the whole thing i'm not rolling you can't roll the window down and throw it out the window <laughs> so in several oh, occasions my man. brothers my brothers would have to eat the entire apple including the seeds oh and the stem, stem. <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> yeah so that was the strict part so combination um, which of- i think which i think was really just like for pure like pleasure you know just like he didn't really he had no problem with rolling the window down. He was just being a jerk and wanted to make, he wanted to make a story that would be funny later in life. <laughs> and it worked. And it worked. Uh, yeah. So that was so, Mr. Geronic. Nice. So yeah. Lex, who were your, 
legendary dads. Other than the strict Other, dad. Yeah. Like uh, for people who I knew or just people I knew of? I don't know. Yeah, do you, I mean, do you, do you have any tall tales or, of dads? Yeah. I, I will say that there was... First, you know, there was the kid whose parents uh, allowed the drinking in his basement because they're like, well, you better do it here, not elsewhere. And so you think, well, those are the really cool parents. But I always I was always judging them. I was Mm. always like, man, what the hell is wrong with these people? Think of the because I was an awesome kid. Super cool. Like think Mm. of the liability they're exposing themselves to. Um, (laughs) This is not healthy for the kids involved because I didn't drink in high school until like my senior year of high school and late in it. So I was like judgy. And he was also like a major smoker. Mm. Um and I was like, man, the, everything about this guy's lifestyle is unhealthy. So he was, the, everybody else thought he was the cool dad. And I was like, nope, not the cool dad. Very dangerous mm. living dad. Mm. And so he was not high on my list. Um, I don't know. It's, we had the, the dads who swore and stuff in front of you were the ones that I thought were pretty cool. Yeah. Like where they, where they yeah, made you feel yeah. like you're just another guy or yeah. just another grown up hanging out with right. them. Like that's mm. the ones I liked. And so my parents' friends um, when my parents were, would like leave the room or if we were visiting at their house and like, they're like, I was helping the host in the kitchen or something. would be like, boy, get a load of all this shit. Or like, yeah. boy, <laughs> what the fuck's going on with you, Lex? And I'd be like, nothing the fuck's going on with me. And it was awesome. Like, I just loved it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, I had, so I grew up with the rock and scientist dads and when I was about, I think, 11 or 12, we went on this Green River float trip. Um, three nights on the river, uh, three nights off the river. So that you, we slept over by the river, and then we looking got in for, the river. Looking the for day. bodies. Uh, maybe some of the people that were in that group were looking for bodies. Um, but I think I mentioned this trip before on a previous episode where I talked about is that the, the same? Women. Is that the same Green That's not the same Green River. It's the Green River that goes through uh, Utah and joins up with the Colorado. Okay, so that's not the same. That's not the same Green River that we had out here with the Green River Killer. Uh, as far as I know, I'm not certain if the Green River goes that yeah. far. I think it's, it's not, it doesn't the, seem that big. Yeah, it doesn't seem so. that big on our end. It would be bigger, and yeah. So it's, I want to say it's like Wyoming, Colorado, Utah. Anyway, so we're floating, and um, my dad was awesome on that trip. Um, that this is probably the biggest heroic moment I ever saw my dad do anything that was like, holy shit, he's kind of a badass. So we had these two giant pontoon boats. And when I say giant, they were giant to a 12 year old. And then we had six, like six man rafts. And there was probably 20 or 30 people on this trip. Maybe I have, you know, details foggy in the memory. But the two pontoon boats had little motors on them. And then when we'd hit the rapids, the motors would, um, they're like little outboard motors. We'd lift up the outboards and then the oars would come out. And so someone would sit on the middle up on top and kind of steer the boat with the oars. And the only problem with that is that person's facing backwards generally, uh, because the way the oar locks were installed. So you can't really see what you're doing. So it's kind of a, you're having someone tell you what to do and, um, <clears throat> my mom was on one of the big boats and I was on another big boat and we, we got into some pretty gnarly rapids and the boat, the other big boat slid up onto a giant rock. Like we're talking bigger than the boat rock. So this is a rock that's probably 30 feet long above water or at the water level. 
and maybe 20 feet wide. That's, and that's what's visible. So this boat slid up on top of this. We're going by. My dad, faster than I've ever seen him move, grabs rope, coils it, throws it overhand. <laughs> the other dude in the boat catches it, wraps <laughs> it around one of the cleats, and the momentum of our boat pulls their boat off the rock. Safely, I might add. In my mind, rescuing my mother and my younger sister and from saving sure, the day. From certain death. From certain death. We were going to die on that trip. I was convinced every <laughs> second that we were on that trip we were going to die. And um, that was amazing. That was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start paying attention in A, scouts, B, like uh, math and engineering, because one of the other dads on that trip, he was a super brainiac engineer, and he was the one who organized the trip. And I'm thinking, what? You know, he didn't get, there's no training. I mean, he, he didn't have like river guide training. He just was like, well, I got some maps uh, from the USGS. So we're going to go and do this trip. And I guess he'd gone on another trip with somebody. So they rounded up boats and you know, bought a couple of them. And they did this, they did these float trips. And we were one of the first ones. And just the balls of that, like, yeah, we're going to go stay for a few days on the river. And the thing was, is you had to park the cars. And then the, we had drivers who were not going on the trip. They then, so they dropped us off and they drove cars down and then all the drivers took one of the cars back home. So we're in the, I mean, we're in, you know, uh, the, the, the boonies of, of Eastern Utah and, um, we're hoping that we get out at the right place because if we float past our cars, we're kind of screwed. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's obviously hanging over my head the entire time. I'm not worried about that at all ever on the trip. Um, that we're going to completely go down another river. Like we're going to branch into the Colorado somehow. Anyway, <laughs> that guy, um, just, just the balls and the like vision, like we're going to do it. We're doing this. That always stuck with me as something awesome. Very cool. And, um, he also later bought a houseboat on Lake Powell and they refurbished it and sold it. And, that was a fun trip too. I got to go with my friend whose dad was best friends with this guy. And, and my friend was not on that float trip. I didn't become friends with him until after that float trip. Um, but his dad did, he had his own dark room color, dark room in the basement. He also did his own shotgun and, uh, ammo re like, Oh, this guy's such a creeper, man. I'm so uncomfortable <laughs> okay, with this guy. Okay, this they guy made was their the own air color. hockey table. He had his own sex dungeon. No, <laughs> nope, nope, no. He was he was like a well, champion ski you shooter. Know he was a champion sure ski shooter. No, no. Yeah, that's what I used to call it too. <laughs> you guys are going. I'm like these are like heroic figures in my youth, and you're turning it into <laughs> really just. Uh, it's what we do. Yeah, you hate you know America. What? I will t- that's what it is. I'm sorry, mm. but no, he sounds like a good guy, and the kind of, exactly the kind of dad that you're going to remember for your whole life. So I like that. Well, yeah. here's the well, this, thing. I mean, so like mine. You know, go ahead. You're not. No, no. These are the guys no. who like figured out. Okay, here's how much propellant it's going to take to get the space shuttle into orbit. So fuck you, Lex. You're right. You're right. <laughs> fuck me. Wow. No. Um, about but that, but. I want to hear about some of Moltz's. I thought of another one who I love too. Okay. But before Moltz goes, I have one more advertiser to mention. That is so awesome. It's old favorite. I know. Um, here's the note from them because I, I love reading advertiser notes. Podcasters, we're so excited to be a part of your wonderful podcast. Here at 
Mac Weldon. We are all about creativity, freedom, and of course, improvisation. Please do the podcast read in your native tone, voice, and language of your podcast. If you like, if you feel like swearing or making a dick joke in the read, please do it. Swear up a storm or make the read NC-17 for all we care. We just want your listeners to be entertained. So break out those condoms, listeners, and here we go. Um, you guys know about Mac Weldon because we've talked about these sweet-ass motherfuckers on every show, it seems like, mm-hmm. for the past 800 years. Whether they're advertisers or not. Scrotum. And scrotum, <laughs> right. Uh, well, their underwear feels great on your scrotum if you're a man. So here's what they do. It's uh, underwear, T-shirts, and socks. It's super comfortable. Uh, they believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Uh, it's very easy to go to MacWeldon.com and, and load up your cart and find stuff, try different materials. They've got all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I I literally, truly, sincerely threw away all my underwear that is Mac Weldon. Because I stocked up enough now that I was like, you know what? I'm done with the stuff from Target. Boom. <laughs> so I threw it away. Wow. All of their products are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. They want you to be comfortable. And here's the thing. You, you'd be crazy not to try Mac Weldon because this is the deal. If you don't like your first pair, keep it, and they're going to refund you no questions asked. You just go to their website, say, I don't like it, and they're going to take care of it. Not only do they... Look good, the socks, the underwear, the shirts, they perform well too. They're good for working out, going to work, going on dates, everyday life. So here's what you have to do. The reason they keep coming on the show is because you guys keep buying stuff. So don't stop. Go buy more Mac Weldon right now. Go to MacWeldon.com, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and get 20% off if you use TTC. Oh, that's wrong. Get 20% off if you use the promo code CAR. You're going to get 20% off if you use the promo code CAR, C-A-R, like the thing that we turn around. But you motherfuckers are still wearing your Mac Weldons, right? Straight oh, up. Oh, my God. Yeah. How do they make your dick feel? <laughs> <laughs> Cock. So good. Uh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> so our thanks to MacWeldon.com. Promo code CAR for 20% off. I love those guys. They're yeah, so awesome. I, I got to get uh, some socks. Yeah, I need to go. I need to. So what what underpants <laughs> would you guys recommend I get? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw down for real out of my own pocket. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend right. money from oh, really? my own pocket. You, you uh, kind of owe it at this point. The uh, uh, the boxer briefs. I mean, are, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly boxer I'm mostly boxer sure. briefs these days. But so and these they've are got fantastic. Let me find it. On the uh, we're now post ad read. This is just informational at this, this point. Is, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no. <laughs> but I'm, I got, you guys have you. I like have real life people in front of me who have worn the stuff. So yo, I'm gonna. So Airnet. That's what I want to suggest. The Airnet mm. is uh, it's super cool. Um, I got a couple pairs of the Airnet boxer briefs mm-hmm. and I'm a big, big fan. They, uh, it's kind of like old school Jersey material. Okay. So it's nylon. Um, it's like a nylon-y kind of, or is it yeah. cottony? It's, uh, it's an Airnet peak boxer brief. It keeps you extra cool, has their signature no roll waistband and stay put leg design. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's f- about half cotton, half Model mm-hmm. and four percent lycra. Mm. So there you go. Okay. Forty-eight, forty-eight, and four. All right, I'm gonna. And I got it in like bright orange and bright and light orange. So and I'm a big fan. Hot. Oh, that's so Mineral hot. yellow and and orange are the colors I got. It's yeah. You can spot me in my boxers from across the room. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> now, speaking of seeing men in their underwear, John, tell me about dads that you liked. Okay. Um, none of none of whom I saw in the in their underwear. Um, I kind of can't, I'm drawing a blank on this guy's name, but, um, it, this was a friend of my parents from way back, I think college or earlier. Um, 
can't, I can't remember because I, I think this is the same guy. So uh, at some point in my dad's college career, uh, he, he um, I mean, he, they're, my parents are both from Pennsylvania and my dad went to school in Massachusetts. And so they had, you know, he drove back and forth a fair amount. Um, and so at one point, and this was in the early 50s, they were driving, he, he and some college buddies were driving back to school and they decided that they were going to drive on the New Jersey Turnpike except the New Jersey Turnpike had not been built <laughs> or had not been, had not been finished at this point. And I'm pretty sure this is the guy who was driving. Um, he would just, he just drove up the on-ramp, but you know, they, they were driving like in the middle of the night too. So they drove up on the on-ramp and just moved the, you know, back then I don't think the security was like it would be now. Um, they weren't afraid of anybody bombing it. And they, uh, they just started, they would just move sawhorses and keep driving. And when they got to a point that there wasn't any cement or any pavement, they would just <laughs> drive over. <laughs> so, so they, he likes, my dad likes to claim that he, he was like one of the first people to drive on the New Jersey turnpike. Uh, but this, uh, this guy, the other thing, the thing that I mostly remember him for is every time he came over to the house, um, he was a big guy and he would, he would come up and and say hi to you and he would say he would stick his hand out and he would say put your hand in the vice <laughs> and then he would mm. squeeze the shit out of your hand ah. i mean really like hurt your hand <laughs> that's not good it, but it was in a yeah, way sir, you know, know it's like you try to fight back and you try yeah. to get them and yeah. you know and then eventually when i got to be a little bit older when i got to be like 12 or something like that and he did it i could you know, he would go, ah, that one was pretty good. You know, like mm. he would still crush my hand, but he would, he would give you some, some props for, for fighting back well enough, you know, but like your whole childhood, you were hoping to, to get to that point. Um, mm. so that was, and that was, you know, he was just like this larger than life guy that would come over and, and, you know, drink until dawn with my parents. <clears throat> the other, the other story I really remember about him was that he, um, I forget what he did for a living, but he like, you think he had like an office job and then he made a bunch of money doing it and he quit and like did things on the side or something like that. And, um, he had a nice car that he parked in this, um, this parking lot and he came back and the stereo had been stolen and he goes wow. to the parking, he goes to the parking attendant and he's like, he's like, Hey, my stereo is stolen. And the guy's like, yeah, so, so yeah, sorry. <laughs> and he's like, no, come on. I mean, what did you, who, did you see? He's like, well, I can't, I can't talk about it. It's like, what, what do you mean? You can't talk about it? What do you mean you can't talk about it? And it turns out that in, so this is like New Rochelle, New York, or something like that. It was one of these, you know, bedroom communities for uh, New York City, um, rich people commuting into New York City. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it, and he, he kind of grill, grills this parking attendant. Um, and the guy finally says, okay, look, there's a guy who repeatedly comes in and steals stereos. Um, and we don't talk about it because he's a, he's a doctor. He's a rich what? area. He's a rich area doctor. And he does this because he, it's like a thrill for him. He oh my comes God. into the parking lot and breaks in and steals car and steals stereos. <laughs> and so, so this guy is like, this is not going to stand. So mm -hmm. he goes, he makes an appointment with the doctor oh, oh. <laughs> and he goes wow. the doctor and he just walks in he doesn't you know like doesn't say anything other than this is the address of my car dealer you're gonna meet me down there tomorrow morning at nine o'clock and buy me a new stereo and then he walks out awesome. and he goes to the place he goes to the place the next morning and like i said he's a big guy 
Um, he goes to the place the next morning. The uh, the doctor walks in, writes a check for the stereo, and leaves. <laughs> that is and awesome. That's it. That's it. That is. And I know there are a whole cool. bunch of other stories about this guy, and I can't. It's killing me. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, I, I'm sure I'll remember the minute we go off the air. But uh, <laughs> but those are the those are the ones that stick with me. And my parents have loved this guy for years. And unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago. So it was uh, very sad because, you know, I feel like something was drained out of the universe when that happened. Wow. What did you do to him, John? (laughs) It was Mm. it was his hand. He had hand cancer. (laughs) (laughs) I um. So another another kind of dad that I think of that I look up to who I never met or anything. But do you remember the last lecture? Randy Pausch. Oh, yeah. The professor who was oh, dying and like oh. so apparently the the quick backstory is that there's a, an ongoing series of uh, or a concept in college lecturing or lecture circuit of you know if you could only give one lecture if you know it's going to be your last what would you give and so this college that he was at did that sort of thing at carnegie mellon i think and um when randy pausch was up he knew it was his last lecture because he was dying uh. um and he the thing blew up on youtube i think it was one of the early youtube yep. sensations yeah and uh it also became a book and uh, it was a whole thing and i had really enjoyed the lecture i got the book and in both the book and the the video of the lecture he talks about hey parents you know if you have kids and they want to put art on their walls just let them marker over the walls or crane over the walls or whatever you can repaint when you want to sell the house like it's their room let them do what they want in their space and i was like man that's a cool concept and then he tells a story about i just bought a new car and i i drove to pick up my niece and nephew and my sister there and she's like you know this is uncle randy's new car nobody eat or drink anything in the back seat when he's driving you around because it's brand new and you know and while she's doing that he cracks open a soda can and dumps it out in the back seat of his car <laughs> oh, behind her oh. just dumps it out so and awesome the kids start cracking up and then she turns and she's like listen it's just a car who gives a shit let's have some fun and i can't say that i am living the real no. way necessarily <laughs> no, but i love it and i think about it all the time like i want to be that way and if if lauren was okay with the kids coloring on the walls i would let them color on the walls she is not yet um we'll see one day mm, but maybe i um i don't know i just i love that kind of mentality you know what these the, the people are what's important and all this stuff because he was doing that well before he knew he was dying right that was just his life philosophy which i think is why his last lecture blew up because he was just a cool dude right um super but, chill uh, yeah, super chill. You know, he if he were alive today, you know, he'd just be Netflix and chill like all the time. Um, <laughs> that's, go to, that's what Randy would your room. on. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but no, I mean, so I, uh, but whenever I'm dadding around and like most of the time you're, you're kind of passively dadding, you're like, all right, I'm dad. That's my job. And then other times you're like, let me, let me be a great dad today or for the next two minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> I think I can and manage it for the next two minutes. Randy is definitely one of those things that plays in my head of like, what would Randy do? Mm. And that's how I, so he's my uh, he's probably my biggest dad inspiration at the moment. Yeah, that's uh, a, so. If I look up if I look up Randy Dad, will I find him? No, <laughs> do last lecture. Pausch, P A U S C H. Oh yeah, all I had to get was P A. Got it. Yeah, good dude. Good dude. Yeah. Um, hi. It's funny. My uh, daughter Anya's birthday is coming up next week, and looking at presents. I started to hate myself because uh, I was like, well, we could get her this and this because those are great games. Like she never played clue. And I was like, why don't we get clue? And then I was looking at Amazon has like clue of the 2015 ish era. Mm-hmm. And then 
classic clue and everybody's like get the classic clue it's better so i was like all right let's get classic clue and i'm like well but that she's gonna have to play with me should i look at some stuff that she can play by herself where she doesn't need somebody <laughs> to play with her because that'll be easier and i'm like boy what a shitty person I am. but I, I was thinking of it that i was being generous right like since i know that i'm not always going to be available to play it with her should i get her stuff that she can play by herself or you know books or whatever that she can use by herself where she won't need to wait on me but then i'm like you know also you could just get clue and fucking sit down and play clue with her you get, you get the so, game to get the game that she can play by herself and then when you give it to her make sure to say I'm giving you this because I won't always be here. (laughs) 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 And stare at her for like a good, like a solid minute. Just stare at her. (laughs) No blinking. Just this week I've been trying to, I'm trying to make a vow because I'm pretty good. When I make like a life decision, like I'm going to do X or Y, I've been able to do it. Like did it for losing weight and for writing a book and for whatever else. I'm like, I think I just want to, I want to try to spend more actively engage time with my kids because i think i've definitely fallen into a rut of like whatever i see you all the time it's fine we'll we'll make it up at some point like because i've been i've been behind on work so i noticed like for the past couple weeks i've been starting work at eight o'clock and then Liam's like hey can we play and i'm like "Mm, no tomorrow we can't but today i was like yes we're gonna play this morning so we played solid from eight till nine he went to school i went to work and it was good and i felt good about myself i tried not to let the stress of all the work so anyway I'm going to play Clue with my kid. That's the point. We're going to play Clue. I'm going to crush her. In Clue. <laughs> <laughs> Make I, her I, cry. <laughs> she doesn't even know what those rooms are. Like, what the hell are the rooms in the Clue? So, the solarium? <laughs> now, Clue, I remember there's a way to, like, kind of figure out Clue, right? And I can't remember exactly how it goes. I haven't played it in so long. Um, and we tried to play. We played it, a, like, a couple years ago, and I couldn't remember exactly. But you, yeah, I think it's just, like, keeping track of what other people ask. Mm-hmm. And you can you can ultimately figure out. I mean, unless people are lying, which when you're playing with kids is usually not the case. Um, you can figure. I know, out. like checkers has been broken. I didn't know that that clue had been broken. Yeah, I, well, I like it's pretty close. Um, unless they've changed the game, but I don't think they've they haven't changed the classic game anyway. And then the uh, well, there's like like a kids version, right? Yes. Which is like which is more like shoots and ladders. Which is yeah, that, uh, yeah, basically that like a, I forget how it goes, but it's like a fait accompli where it's like, uh, we'll, there you go. Derp. <laughs> Everyone's what's you know that game where I can't think of what it's called, but you've got all the different characters and you have to you you like there's a bunch you have a grid of faces in front of you and you have to guess which one your friend is picking by like asking about their qualities. Twenty questions maybe. Like, yes. does the person have glasses? Yeah. Does the person have hair? Dream date. <laughs> what's the game called, John Armstrong? You know what I'm talking about. Is it Dream Date? No. <laughs> Is it a board game? Wait. Yeah, it's a board game. And so you have like a little grid of I don't faces. Know. Mm. Uh, well, anyway. I don't know. Somebody posted a video of how to, you know, potentially win in one turn and it was like is it a black person? Because the original game had one <laughs> person in it, and everybody else was not. Now, they fixed that in more modern editions, but anyway. Saw that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Is it one well, of the dirty Flemish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guess who? I think it made me the game. Did not. Not oh. familiar with that game. Yeah. Not guess familiar. who? That sounds. Yeah, that's the one. Guess who? Guess who? Mm. Uh, Google solved it for the me. The only Did guess I who know? I know about is a. I vaguely remember a twelve-inch vinyl uh, album cover with that t- uh, band name on it. Was there a scantily clad woman on the cover? What? <laughs> I'm just saying, if stuff that you remember from childhood typically involves some kind of scandal, <laughs> <laughs> no, screw you, no. 
Armstrong hates me. No, I do not hate you. I do not hate you. I'm totally <laughs> teasing. I'm just joshing it. I feel like we're familiar enough now that I can, you know. Man, uh, oh, you're, you're getting rough. You, last week, you guys were sending, uh, like, battling, <laughs> battling pages, with, documents, with <laughs> <laughs> pa- ah. pamphlets. This week, it's, it's uh, it's, well, that's how you know we love each other, right? right? Like with my kids, it's all about John's, all about John's. When, when I'm, when I'm joking about my with my kids, like that's how they know that I love them. Sure, yeah, if you, yeah, right. right you send them PDF. If you, if you didn't, if you didn't joke at them, if you didn't, you know, weren't teasing them. I did have to have a conversation be... with, with my daughters about like, you know, hey, you know, say hi to grandma, and Anya would go hi to grandma. And I'm like, okay, that's I get it. That's a it's a funny one. But when she was doing it every single time I asked her to do something like that, I was like, okay, I, we're gonna have to talk about when something yeah. stops being funny. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. there's there's a big there's a big problem with that. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know if it's this age or what it what it is, but it's all the ages. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's not like adults don't do it either, but still, it's uh, it gets a little yeah. a little thin. Certain things wear a little thin when they happen every single time. <laughs> you mean like the time? It's so true. Like the time you're watching Princess Bride with your daughter for the first time, and all the nerds in the room won't shut the fuck up and just let the movie play. They have to repeat the lines, every single line, every awesome line. <laughs> Where did you movie. watch it with your daughter and nerds? At my sister's uh, vacation timeshare place. Ah, uh, well, that was your mistake. Like oh. we we're just getting ready to yeah. show my kids Princess Bride, and like it's going to be just the family, mm. immediate family. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even sure my yeah. wife's allowed in the room. We watched it Probably. again. <laughs> She's not in the immediate family. <laughs> <laughs> we watched it again this summer with all the girls. And I had to tell my girlfriend, because she's a huge Princess Bride fan. And I had to say, listen, I fought this at my sister's place. We don't have to watch this if you have the compulsion to repeat the lines. To, or say the lines right before they're being said. or and like It's not Rocky Horror. I want her to enjoy this this experience. And I could... So she agreed, and we were watching. And I could feel her like whispering the lines, or like, <laughs> say, you know, and like, and then her girls who have seen it a bunch of times were kind of fighting it too. And I'm like, careful, guys, careful, careful. And you know, I don't know. I probably made it worse by doing that, but uh, that that just drives me crazy when it's somebody's first time. If it's if everyone has seen it and it's all good, whatever, that's fine. You do what you got to do to make it your thing, but. When it's the you know, virginal territory, or whatever it is, if it's a movie or whatever, just uh, <laughs> don't ruin it. Don't ruin the experience. That's all. Yeah, nerds. It's hard not to ruin things. It is. There's a human compulsion to ruin things. Hmm. There is. Right. There is. I'm ruining my children. I said day. something when we saw when we saw The Martian. I can't remember exactly what it was, but we saw The Martian and uh, and. I said something like Hank asked me a question about something and I said something and then maybe offered too much information, but we had already read the book. Um, and, and he turned to me and he said, did you just ruin the movie? Uh, <laughs> I was like, what? No, you read the book. This happened in the book. <laughs> the, the girls did that with Maze Runner. Like they have the books and they're like, we already know about the second movie. <laughs> Well, Lauren was mad because she saw trailers for The Martian and she's reading the book. And she's like, oh, now I know from the trailers that they find out back on Earth that he's still alive on Mars. And I'm like, dude, the campaign for this movie is bring him home. Like, in order to bring him home, you have to know that he's there to bring home. Yes, right. they spoiled that part for you already. I was like, watching he gets the trailer home, gets home like, on his own. 
<laughs> Bring him home from the airport. That's what that is. Yeah, he just he's stuck at the airport. <laughs> Uber him. It's all a dream. It's a dream. He just. Uh, okay, I, I was going to ask this at the top of the show, and right. I forgot. You're still there. And I'm only doing this. But now at the bottom. I may not make show. it into the show, but uh, do you guys have any interest in seeing the Aaron Sorkin, Danny Boyle, Steve Jobs movie? Yes. No. Mm. I like Aaron Sorkin, and it's it's a movie. I, I I don't know how you guys. And Lex, and Lex goes to see every movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a movie. I don't care if it doesn't get his story exactly right. right. Um, I think that most biopics you see don't like. You know, people loved the movie uh, A Beautiful Mind, right? I think that they won yes. some Oscars for that one. I I only just watched it recently, which is why it's top of mind. But if, as I do after I watch every movie, I look at the Wikipedia page for it. I look at the IMDb page for it, and it turns out like they totally munged up that entire story. Oh, yeah. And Ron Howard's like, well, it's, you know, it's, it's a movie. Like we're going to make it be a good story. And that's what we did. Yeah. And they, they leave out whole sections, um, his homosexuality, his, you know, the fact that he had no visual hallucinations. <laughs> You're talking about whatsoever. a beautiful mind, not Steve Jobs. <laughs> beautiful mind, beautiful mind. They leave out the fact that like in the movie, uh, a beautiful mind, all of his hallucinations are people there. Um, and then in, uh, in reality, it turns out he only heard voices. Like he did not see other people and have any of that. So like the whole movie, the movie's old conceit is bogus. Um, but it's still a great movie and I'm fine with it. It gives you a little bit of color. I know more about yeah. it than I did before I saw the movie and I assume that's what the Steve Jobs movie is like too where it's it's not going to be steeped in fact but it's Aaron Sorkin and I like him. So yes, I want to see it without John Moles. That's fine. My problem is that this whole thing is to me is just a gigantic monster and I don't want to feed the monster anymore. Mm. It's just like there's so much. I mean, like, I, you know, being someone so steeped in the Apple stuff, it's like if I see one more website reporting on a Steve Jobs movie, I'm going to scream. Mm. So, mm. Uh, so you're so Steve no. Job. You're like set full saturation of Steve Jobs movies. You're done. I am done. I had. I have not seen any of them. And you're I am still just, done. And I'm yeah, right from pure osmosis. <laughs> early. From pure osmosis, I am done. What about you, Armstrong? Yes. You going to see it? Uh, I, I wasn't going to, I wasn't, but then the reviews started coming in and I'm a, I love Danny Boyle. I, that guy, I don't know that if he's made a misstep, you know, like I've loved everything I've seen of his. I've starting from shallow grave on and, um, I just, plus he's, you know, I have a soft spot for Manchester, England. He's, he's man, uh, Mancunian. And, uh, so I have that also, but he's, oh, he's the Mancunian candidate. <laughs> Oh, here comes John's <laughs> erection again.